Brothers and sisters in Christ, today is the Sabbath day. Let us rejoice in it and praise the Lord. And now let us begin with prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. And we thank you for all that you are. You are creator, you are savior, you are our king of kings. Be with us as we worship you and help us to be faithful to follow you until you come again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Next Sabbath, May 7, there will be an ordination. We have, um, is it two people that are being ordained? Uh, we have Jamie Krauts, elder. We have Clyde as the head deacon. And next week for our church service. And Pastor Rudoy will be with us. Today's message is taken from um, Luke 6, 23. Jump for joy. How many of you have ever felt so joyful that you want to just jump and celebrate and dance and whatever? We've had times in our lives, haven't we, where we just want to jump for joy. When things happen in our lives that we know that it's part of God's blessings, we jump for joy. Happy times, happy events. Think about when you graduated. How many graduates do we have here? Whatever level of uh, education. Graduation. Isn't that a happy time? And I tell you what, when I went and received my diploma and they took the tassel and moved it over, I felt like jumping for joy. I felt like taking that hat off and together with the whole class, throwing it into the sky. That's another form of just leaping for joy. So think about it. When you, when you graduated, you had that thought in mind. I am so happy I could just dance or leap for joy. Other happy times. Now, maybe not all of you have experienced this yet, but how about your wedding day? When I think back on my wedding day, I wanted to jump for joy. I thought I was the luckiest man in the world. And you know, it, it leads me to another happy time. I know all of us who have been married, are married, we're just happy. And that's what God wants us to be happy in our lives, in our relationships, the other one, after wedding, I think of anniversary. We should never forget our anniversary. Whether it's the first, whether it's the tenth, or the last one that you celebrate. Why do we celebrate anniversaries? Do anniversaries make us happy? Dan, does your anniversary make you happy? You know the date. You have to know the date. How about you, Bonnie? Of course. 
And when we think of that day, we're happy. You know, God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy. How about every year when you celebrate your birthday? And I know Dan, his is April 7. Am I right? Well, how do you remember that? I don't know <laughs> Oh, think two days early, early, earlier. April 5. That's me, yeah. So birthdays. What do we do on our birthdays? We have our family and friends, and they celebrate it with us, right? We get a cake, and they all wish you the best, and they all sing to you, right? How can you not be happy about that? So yes, birthdays are a time of happiness. You know, God wants us to be happy. And in... In the Bible, we have a passage where Jesus is preaching, and it's his famous Sermon on the Mount. And I'm looking at Luke chapter 6. You know, Christ liked to go into the Mount of Olives and sit down, and he had a multitude. I don't know how many multitude. There must have been thousands. Yes. Can we have the picture on the screen? Josiah. Josiah. Yeah, thanks. I'll go on. You'll see it when it comes down. I'm looking at Luke chapter 6 and beginning with verse 17. This is about the Beatitudes. We know the Beatitudes, you can replace a word when it says blessed. So when we get to that, I'll replace the word. Verse 17 says, He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great multitude of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and from the, the coast cities Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their I need those. Healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured. The people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healed them all. Do you think those people that were healed were happy? Did they want to dance? Did they want to jump for joy? You know they did. And as you see on the picture there, that's Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount. You also have the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, and you have it in, I believe it's in Mark. But the Sermon on the Mount is something that we study because it covers everything in life. Jesus spoke, spoke the words. So looking as, at his disciples... Jesus began. He said, blessed are you who are poor. Now, blessed, you could put in the word um, joy or happy or blessed. Well, it says blessed. But why do we feel blessed even though we're poor? Because for yours 
is the kingdom of God. We, you know, being poor here is temporary. But when we are in the kingdom of God, there's nobody poor. And blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. And happy are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Now, you know, when you are so happy, the feelings just come up. I think it's happiness, and sometimes it's tears of joy, but it's still happiness. Blessed are you when men hate you. Or you could say, happy are you? Well, why would you be happy? Because Jesus had the same things happen to him. And he says, when they exclude you and they insult you and they reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. This is part of the scripture that Jedediah read. Verse 23, rejoice. Didn't we sing songs about rejoicing? And, you know, rejoice, ye pure in heart, rejoice and give thanks. It says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their fathers treated the prophets. If we are treated like the prophets, and we know the prophets who are in the faith chapter, and if their prophets believed and obeyed God, we who do the same will be blessed and become joyful in the Lord because we know that he is coming back for his children. There are some other texts in the Bible that I would like to share. There is a parable. You know Christ told many parables. And in Luke chapter 15, we have a parable of Christ. For those of you that know what Luke 15 is about, it's about a good shepherd. And I'm reading the verses 4 through 7. About a good shepherd. Jesus told this parable. This is verse 4. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses just one, just one. You know that one becomes more important because it's lost. Does he not leave the 99 that are in the pen uh, in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? You know, you can't hide from God. He's going to find you. And if you turn your head towards him, which is everywhere, and, you know, you're hoping that he'll find you because you might be stuck in your life. Verse 5, and when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors uh, together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the one than over the 99 righteous who do not need to repent for those that follow God we're, we're asking for forgiveness all the time and as we do we're justified in the Lord and he puts a robe of righteousness but Jesus is looking for the one who is lost have you seen the picture of Jesus holding one sheep the 
sheep. And you know, as a, and I don't know why they have to do this, but sheep are usually white, right? In this picture, that sheep is black. But I want to tell you, that sheep is me. And you think about it for yourself. That sheep is you. And Jesus is holding you. And isn't that what we want? We want Jesus to hold us in our, by his arms, in his arms. There's nothing, nothing better than that. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Um, this is another place where the Beatitudes you find. Now, I notice that there are more Beatitudes listed by Jesus or Matthew than Luke. So if you compare the two, you'll find that Luke, he's written down about four or five, and I think in Matthew, there's, I counted them, there's like six or seven. Anyways, I wanted to look at verse 12. Verse 12 tells us, here's Christ speaking on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know in that text, me is Jesus. We're going to find that people will say bad things about us. Because they don't like us. And why is that? Because you have something to tell them and they're rejecting you. But the next text there, I was reading 11 and 12 says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before them or before you, like Moses, like Elijah, like Jeremiah, Elisha, Elisha. Um, I put Israel here. Israel is Jacob and Daniel. Great is your reward. Do we like rewards? I think we all like rewards. Before I move along to another story in the Bible... Um, I'd like to look at a text that Solomon wrote, verse 10, I mean chapter 10 and verse 28. That's in Proverbs 10, 28. You know, Solomon may very well have been the most wise man that ever lived. He was close to the Lord for most of his life. Verse 28, it says, the prospect of the righteous is joy. And it's joy that we cannot always express. But the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. Nothing. Psalm 1611, we'll look at that text. And then we'll move on to another story. Psalm 1611. 
I like this verse in Psalms. It says, you've made known to me the pathway of life. You will fill me with joy on your presence or in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I'm telling you, I'm already jumping for joy. I hope you are as well. There are many places in the Bible that talk about God's love. There's an interesting story. A short story I will just tell you. It's Matthew in chapter 2. We have three wise men called the Magi. They're on their way to Jerusalem, and when they stop, they meet King Herod. And they said, have you seen uh, the Messiah? And Herod says, I'm looking for him too. When you find him, let me know where he is. And I, you know, so the Magi said, okay, we'll do that. And then they journeyed down into the little city of David, Nazareth. And that's where the Christ child was born. And the Magi came with joy in their hearts, enough that they wanted to leap for joy. You know, they'd been traveling on the camel for a long time. But with joy filling their hearts, they knelt to worship the God who was born as a baby Jesus, the Messiah, and they gave gifts to him. Wouldn't that give us joy if we were to be able to see our Savior right now? You know, the Magi believed this. They were wise men as well. So the story I want to go to is found in the book of Samuel. And this isn't about Samuel, it's about, about David. Samuel chapter 6. Let's just turn to the chapter 6. And uh, it's almost time to change the slide, but I want to just wait for a minute. Samuel chapter 6. This story is about the Ark of the Covenant being transported to Jerusalem to King David. And on the way there, yeah, you can read it for yourself. I'll look at some of these texts that I have here. But on the way there, there's a mishap. You know what that mishap is? There were two there were two uh, priests, one in the front, one in the back. Who knows who that one in the back is? Uzzah. What did he do? He touched the Ark of the Covenant. So sad, this man does, no longer has any joy. But you know what? He disobeyed. And it's an example to us of those who disobey. Now, I'm glad I don't judge this man because now he has no more future in this world, and we know that. So, they came to a city, and the city was, I think it's Obed. In verse 11, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. Why? Because David said he's not I'm not wanting that ark in Jerusalem now because I'm afraid. Is it okay to be afraid? 
Well, anyways, it says in that verse 11, the Lord blessed him and the entire household, the house of Obed-Edom. He's a Gittite. Bless them. And then David said, okay, Lord, bring the ark on. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. So, if you would change the slide, Josiah, take a look at this. It says, King David dancing for joy. And behind him is the Ark of the Covenant. Is there anything strange in that picture to you? The daughter of Saul. The daughter, yes, and, and the wife of David. What I want to say about this is that in verse 13, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf and had a, a burnt offering there. And you know that was David saying, Lord, I'm giving you glory, I'm giving you honor. That's what the sacrifices are about, other than, yes, it's for, the, for your sins. But the next one in verse 14 tells us, David was wearing just a linen ephod. That is a loincloth, any way you want to look at it. And he didn't have a whole lot of clothes on. In fact, that's all he had on. And like you said... Catherine, Michael was watching from inside, looking through the window, and she was disgusted with that. But it says here, David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. Now, here's the thing. All your might. This means that he was jumping, he was leaping, he was whirling and he was rejoicing with all of his strength and all of his might. Was he giving God glory yes. or was he not giving God glory? Yes. Catherine says yes. He was giving God the glory. Do you think God was upset with this? No. no. Does, is God upset with us when we rejoice? No, he's not upset with us. He's not upset with us. You know what? I was just going to say that, Catherine. I think it was according, according to God's plan. Look, he didn't want any descendants coming from Saul. There's a reason for it. And you know, most of Saul's sons were killed in battle. And the one that we talk about the most is Jonathan. So that means I think that Saul's kingdom is kaput. No children for Michael. That's the way things are. But that picture tells it all to me. Now, when do we feel like doing what David did? When do we do that? Are we happy and grateful and thankful? Are we enough? You know, when we pray, we always say prayer 
we pray to God Almighty to give him glory, honor, praise. But there's one thing important we have to remember because we don't always do this enough. We have to thank God. I'm thankful for God because he gave us the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath day celebrates life. Life. Can we jump for joy for life? The life that God has given us. I have a story to tell, a parable of of Jesus in Matthew chapter 25. We know that is the parable, and one of the parables anyways, because there's a couple. It's the parable of the talents. Now a talent is money, but it could be also other things. It can be the talent that you're taught by the Holy Spirit. And there are many talents the Lord can give to us. So in this parable, he gives five talents to one and two to another and only one to the other. Why would God just give somebody one and give somebody else five? I think the answer for that is the one he gave five to, he knew that he would do all that he can, the one with the five, to share the gospel with others in different ways. It can be teaching the Bible, uh, the lesson study. It can be being a prayer warrior or being in the outreach to share with others. There's several talents right there that the Holy Spirit gives to, to someone. But you know the one that received only one talent? God knows that that's the only thing they, they could ever grow and work for the Lord and serve the Lord. And that one thing is really all that it takes. So the one with the five, he ends up with ten And, you know, in this parable, it's like putting money in the bank and investing it and getting five back. So now you've doubled it. And when Jesus comes to the one that had that many talents, he has some special words, and I will get to those special words. The other with the two, he makes it four. Again, God is happy. That makes him happy. Does God jump for joy? He's doing that right there for those those two uh, faithful workers. And then the one that got the one, what did he do with it? He buried it. Uh, Sounds like he put it in the ground or hid it or something. And he came back and said, I couldn't do anything with this. I, I, I was afraid I'd lose it and give you nothing back so you can have the talent back. You know, God takes that talent and gives it to the one with the 10 now. Why? Because God knows what he's gonna do with that. But these are the words that God has for the faithful ones. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I have seen you be faithful in a few things, and now I will make you ruler over many, many things. And that these are the words of Jesus in this parable that I, wanna, I want you to consider and think about. He says, enter into the joy of thy Lord. What is the joy of thy Lord? You know what the joy of thy Lord is? It's God's love and it's God's salvation to us. And now we can change the uh, 
the slide or the picture, Josiah? Isn't that what the joy of our Lord is? You know, I often say that a picture is a thousand words. This is more than a thousand words. You know, in John, the last chapter, it says, if there was printed every story, every parable of Jesus, there would not be enough room if the book went from one side all the way to the other side of the earth. I believe that's true. Um, God gives us every reason to jump for joy. Every reason. And when he tells us, well done, thou good and faithful servant, those are words that tell us that we will be jumping for joy for eternity. Here's quickly a few things that really gives us a reason to jump for joy, and then I will close. The birth of a child, your child, any child, how does that make you feel? Oh, Lord, you've blessed me with a son, or you've blessed me with a daughter. I can tell you for myself, I experienced that. The birth of my daughter... And you know, every time I see her coming up here to the pulpit and sharing the message, I praise God. I praise him. The birth of a child, I believe, is the greatest miracle that God has, other than saving us for eternity. Another one that makes us happy and we praise and sing songs is when anyone is baptized in this, or any baptistry. Don't we just leap for joy in that? And you know, when it's time for us to go, if we're on a, a holiday or a vacation or travel, to be in God's nature. And you know, you see a, a, a sunset. You see a waterfall. You hear all the birds. That should make us jump for joy that God has put that for our enjoyment. And quickly, a few other things. When we have a church social, a Christmas party, or a Christmas celebration as we worship God in, in church, that should give us a reason to jump for joy. And so, God is going to deliver all of his people. And he is coming again. Just like... Uh, Kirsten was mentioning, I believe that Jesus is coming again. And that picture tells it all. Our hope in glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to jump for joy in all that's worthwhile and everything that would praise your name and give you glory. You have put the joy in our hearts that will last for an eternity. Lord, we look forward to your coming again. We know you're coming in the clouds, you told us, and whatever you tell us, we believe. Lord, help us to jump for joy each and every day, remembering that God is love.
All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.